Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Happy Boxing Day. We're not talking about Floyd Weather or Mike Tyson, but we appreciate them as well. Y'all probably just finished up your Christmas day. We're glad to have y'all dialed in right here talking college football. This is the hard count. We are live, typically, three times a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on this platform that is the On3 YouTube channel. Also, you can find us on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Again, Tuesday, December 26, 2023, the last one on the face of this planet. So we're going to make it a great one. We got a special conversation lined up today, man. It's just someone we've been wanting to link with for a really long time. Jake Crane from Crane Co. They crush it every single weekday over there on their platform, the Crane Co. YouTube channel. So go check that out, man. Jake and I chop it up on everything from bowl games, New Year's Six Bowl games. Hey, what should Florida State have done? If you're the head coach at Florida State, do you hang the banners? get the rings going and say we are national champs already? Or are we saying, hey, maybe if we beat Georgia, we're national champs? Get some good thoughts from Jake there. I get my two cents as well. Also, what's going on at Auburn? Jake's got a lot of really good insight what's going down on the Plains. The Hugh Freeze era. It's on and popping down there, baby. Going to have to play the Georgias and the Alabamas of the world. is just kind of the nature of the beast whenever you sign up to be a part of the Auburn program. But even so, man, like I thought there was a lot of really good things to take away from this past season. You have that weird data point on the outside of the New Mexico State game. But even so, like, I think things are headed the right direction. We get Jake's thoughts on that. And then also the college football playoff. Jake and I kind of break down where things stand when it comes to Michigan-Alabama. Some things that maybe would surprise us when it comes to this college football playoff race, especially Washington-Texas in that game. A lot of thoughts, a lot to break down. Great conversation with Jake. Hey, before we get to that, make sure you're subscribed right here to the Author YouTube channel. We appreciate y'all so much, man. Y'all have so much going on. You're pushing through to the end of the year. You just celebrated Christmas. You probably got family in town. Maybe you're listening to this on podcast as you finish up cleaning up the house. Like, whatever it is, we understand you got so much going on, so much on your plate. So for y'all to make us a part of this and allow us to be a part of what you have going on, we're extremely grateful and we do not take that for granted. So hopefully this is something that can get you through the uh, the end here of Boxing Day. We're going to talk some ball right now with the man, the myth, the legend, Jake Crane. Feels like this one has been in the making for uh, a long, long time. The man, the myth, the legend. You watch him every morning from Crane & Co. It's Jake Crane. Brother, first of all, how are we doing? Uh, JD, number one, it's great to join you, man. You, you know how much I respect your work, and, and you know I think you do a hell of a job. And you know, like I told you before, a couple more guys that we know and we trust, and, and we can form the Mega Ranger and go just take this whole thing on. Uh, but it's an honor to be on with you, and, and what you guys are doing at On3, I enjoy it, and uh, just excited to chop it up. we uh, we got to get you on Crane & Company, too, now. It's, it's got to be a home-and-home. Home. 100%, man. No, I, I appreciate you saying that, man. Obviously, the respect is extremely mutual. Man, we got bowl season. We got bowl season hitting, oh. and I know there's so much going on with some of the other bowls that don't make the, the New Year's Six. Uh, let's talk New Year's Six, though, for a second. Any games that you're specifically watching, like, man, I, I got to cancel all the plans on this day at this time because I want to watch X amount game or X game, rather. Well, you know, it, outside of the college football playoff, it, it seems like, you know, if you're not a Liberty or, or you weren't a Tulane from last year, it's kind of tough to garner momentum 
from bowl games with the transfer portal. But I look at a team like Missouri playing Ohio State, and it's something we talked about right when the bowl got announced. You talk about a momentum changer coming off what's been a heck of a year for Drinkowitz, and I think Ole Miss is in the same boat too. You know, playing Penn State, you have a chance to hit that 11th win. But for Missouri, not that Penn State isn't a big brand. We know Penn State's a massive brand. But I think we can tell the difference a little bit between Ohio State and Penn State. You know, 10 years from now, they're not going to say, oh, well, you know, Missouri beat an Ohio State team with half their players in the portal and their hand behind their back. No, it's going to be Missouri beat Penn State. But more importantly, it's going to be a springboard into next year where you return your starting quarterback, who we know is a heck of a player. You return who I believe is your best offensive player. I don't think there's a ton of argument on that in Luther Burden. You just got some momentum from the transfer portal with Caden Green on the offensive line. Uh, and you're returning some guys on defense with the schedule, J.D., that while no schedule, I don't care what anybody says in the SEC is easy, it is lighter than most other SEC teams. So I think if we're going to look at, at not only matchups, but momentum, which I think is, is the biggest thing you can get from a bowl outside of the college football playoff, I'm looking at Missouri, Ohio State, and I'm looking at Ole Miss, Penn State. Uh, uh, Ole Miss, who returns their quarterback, right? We'll see Judkins. We know what they've done in the transfer portal. And they have somewhat of a lighter schedule next year. So it's really those two I'm looking at. But, J.D., I'm like you. It, it could be Bishop Sycamore versus the Little Giants, and I'm going to watch it. Man, yeah, that one I think is the nightcap, Bishop Sycamore and Little Giants. I think that one is, is a little bit is. later. you got to have the right package, though, on your television to catch that one. But no, I'm with you, bro. I mean, I, I was thinking about this. If we went to 12 this year, who wants to see Missouri in a 12-team playoff right now? Nobody. Like the way that they're rolling Nobody. with Trader and Cook and Drink was like, like they got the juice right now, man. They, they really do. And, and he, look, it, it's just like any other sport, right? You want to be playing your best ball at the end of the year. We talk about this all the time in college basketball. We talk about it all the time in the NFL to use the, 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 use the same sport, but we all know it's a different game. Listen, what I really hope, J.D., and, and I don't think uh, Missouri is the last, you know, the only team that you wouldn't want to play right now. But when, when I look at this 12-team playoff and I look at this past season, I hope that this is the new norm because the 12-team playoff this year would be absolutely insane and unbelievably entertaining. But I hope we don't go back to, all right, well, here's the best team. Can anybody catch them? Or here's the best two teams, and the gap past them is, is the width of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, I hope this is the new norm. I don't want this to be the anomaly. When's the last time, J.D., that you can remember, honestly, and you know, Ball, that more than three teams, and I can even put it at four, more than four teams had the chance to win a national championship, let alone seven, let alone eight. I just hope this is the new normal and this isn't the anomaly. And I'm wondering if this is a product of the portal and NIL, and that was kind of like the advertising on the front end was, okay, there's going to be more parity. There's going to be more big names moving around. They'll kind of spread the wealth more evenly. And I, I heard that at the beginning, and I didn't know if I bought it because I was like, all right, well, Alabama's still got a lot of money too. Well, G Georgia, they're still, I mean, the places that care about football are the places that are good at football already. So I was curious. But no, with the expanded playoff, I think we're, we're going to learn a lot. Uh, I would expand the playoff this year if we could get Georgia and Florida State in there, get a six-teamer, man. They're going to play. They're going to play. Who would be Orange mad, JD? Who would be mad? Who would be upset about that? Name one person that, man, this, this sucks. This is the worst. I hate this. I, I, I wouldn't have minded if they said, you know what? This Florida State-Alabama situation is weird. Y'all just play each other. Play in game. Play in game. Now, Alabama fans may not have been happy. Florida State fans may not have been happy about having to play, have a play in game. But we would determine it on the field. We've already changed every other rule in college football. With the transfer, you can play nine years now. 
right? You can transfer 35 times with no penalty. Well, we can at least add a play-in game. But, you know, I, I think it's and, – and I said this on, on the show on Credit Company. I think this parody, it's the, the causes of it, it's like a good lasagna, right? It's, it's multiple things coming together to make one delicious thing. I think you've had the transfer portal, which I, I believe lifts everybody's floor. Now, the rich are always going to get richer. We know that, regardless of what area of life we're in, because they control it. But when you look at, at, at everybody's floor being raised with experience, guys that can come in and play right away, and you mix that with quarterbacks not returning at some really, really top-tier places all in the same year, even though some of them's worked out, you mix it with the COVID year. I think this is a, a to use the biggest word I know, an amalgamation of a lot of things coming together to make one amazing lasagna. But like I said earlier, I don't want this to be the only meal I have lasagna, J.D., I'll eat lasagna every night for dinner if it's going to be this good. So we'll see. And, you know, you see Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss running out this, what I call the mercenary experiment, where you just build the team through the transfer portal every single year. Do I think it's going to work? Like to be able to strive and, and win at a very high level consistently? I don't, but we don't know. We haven't seen this before. It works in college basketball, but that's a much smaller roster. It's it's a different way of, of building a team. So, Man, I, I just, you know, to make a long story short, I just I want some good lasagna, J.D. That's what I want. Bro, you and me both. You and me both. And that plus you dropping the word amalgamation on the show right now. One, that's a first, so we appreciate you breaking that barrier for us. Uh, Biggest two, word you I just, know. You could just walk it off right now and just say, hey, great segment. We'll just we'll ditch the rest of what we're talking about. Uh, but you mentioned it with the <laughs> portal. Like Florida State, another example of that where they've been crushed through the yeah. portal and now kind of got some momentum where they can go on the recruiting trail and grab some top guys. Uh, when it comes to Florida State, if I'm making you the head coach, you and Mike Norvell swap polos for the day, you'll say you beat Georgia. Undefeated season. You hanging a banner? Hey, here's the thing, J.D. I've already hung the banner. Like the banner, the minute the Alabama A was shown in that fourth spot, we're national champions. I, w I wish Mike Norvell would have stood up, turned around, and said, I want to congratulate everybody associated with the program on winning the 2023 national championship. I'm not playing. Like, and people say, oh, well, that's scared. That's not teaching them the right things. Well, I think they stopped teaching them the right things when a Power 5 team went 13-0 and and didn't get to play in the playoff. Like, and again, do I think Alabama is a better team than Florida State without Jordan Travis? Yes. Do I think Alabama's a better team than Florida State when they have Jordan Travis? You can make a pretty good case that they are, but at the end of the day, you are rewarded for what you do on the field. And when you go undefeated, regardless of injury, which is one factor in the pamphlet, everybody wanted to act like it was the, the factor that usurped all the other factors or the most important factor. No, it wasn't. So if I'm like Norvell, we were perfect. Y'all didn't let us play. We're not Tulane. Y'all let Cincinnati get in. Y'all let Cincinnati get in and we can't and, and, and Florida State can't get in. So if I'm Mike Norvell, let's order the rings. We're gonna have the parade the night of the national championship game at the exact time that it's on. Like it is it is full of spite. Give me my ring. This is absolute trash. Uh, that's what I'd done if I was Mike Norvell. And I'd bring the braids back, but that's just me. Bro, I love it. I, I absolutely love that idea. And I hope Mike Norvell's listening and, and kind of following suit here. Uh, not because I don't hope we get the game, but I do hope they do end up throwing a parade and they get the rings and the, and the banners. Uh, my thing with, with this whole situation around, you know, Florida State was they didn't curve them accordingly until Selection Sunday. Like, we had a couple of weeks here where you could have told us, hey, without Jordan Travis, 
you're not a top five team, you're not a top four team. And every single week it was like, I think they were at five one week, they were at four heading into the, you know, the conference title weekend. And then coming out of conference title weekend where you handle business, then they go, well, actually, you don't have Jordan Travis. So for that reason, we're going to go ahead and knock you down below Alabama. Like that, to me, I think you're, you're right on the money, Jake. Why, like, JD? If, if I'm, if I'm Florida State, I'm, I'm extremely upset. They don't tell you upset. who the bachelor chooses on the first episode. It's a TV show. If they'd have done that, nobody would have watched. But it was, what, the most watched reveal of all time ever? Right? It's a TV show. Here's what we have to understand. Just like in every other walk of life, whether you're an accountant, whether you're in some other business, whatever, making money. That's what this is about. And at the end of the day, that was the route that was taken. They built up that TV show to be able to, to, to get all those ratings, to get everybody talking about it. And, and it worked out. Um, and I think going to the 12-team playoff next year kind of let them off the hook a little bit, right? Or they'd have to make some serious changes if it was still a 14 playoff. So it's a TV show. Um, and they they pushed it to the to the furthest extent. No, you're absolutely right. They they made out just fine being able to get that 12 team playoff the next year. And you know, hey, no problem. Like a thief in the night, wipe our hands of this and move to the next thing this next season. Uh, let's let's switch gears here a little bit. Let's talk about Auburn because Auburn. I think there's probably mixed opinions on Auburn across the board. And I'm like, if you put Auburn in the Big Ten West tomorrow and i know the big 10 west doesn't exist but like they're probably in indy competing with michigan for the big 10 title now you put them in the sec and there's all this thought around how they stack up with bama and georgia even though they took both those teams to really the last drive with georgia the last play with with alabama then you have this weird data point that's the outlier that was the new mexico state game Uh, what do you make of auburn right now well you know i i think to, to put it all together, to give it a, a total grade, we got to get through, you know, signing day, which is now, you know, in December. Because that's obviously so important to what Hugh Freeze is trying to do moving forward. And then obviously through the transfer portal. I would say this year I would give them a B. Uh, I thought against the teams outside of New Mexico State that they were better than, they beat. And against the teams that were better than them, they hung in there. And, and really, let's be honest, J.D., I mean, they blew the Bama game. There's not another way. To, there's not a nice way to put it. When you give up fourth and goal from the 31 after you caught every single break that you had to catch down the stretch. Uh, so listen, first, you inherit the, at a place like Auburn, obviously the standard is really high. The brand is really big and you're expected to win. Uh, but I thought Hugh Freeze and his staff did a good job of instilling culture um, and, and being able to, to kind of bring some new excitement and hope to Auburn. You look at this recruiting class right now. And I know, you know, with, with signing day going on and all this, people are going to judge it depending on who goes where. But it's looking pretty sporty for Auburn right now. And if you're able to put a good class together with a couple key transfer portal pieces, I mean, you got Fairweather coming back. You've had some big-time guys. you got offensive linemen coming back, good offensive linemen, which Auburn has not had returning in a while. Uh, you know, again, I, I, I got a broken-down car in the garage. And, I mean, I've had it for a while. It's got experience, but it's not going out there playing well right now. So I'm not going to use it. And it's not helping me, but I would give them a B, uh, and that could increase depending, you know, how Auburn signing class ends up. My thing, Jake, was they played the majority of the season without a pass game. Like Peyton Thorne, as good as he yeah. was on the ground, like he didn't get that spring practice. And you know this, having been around the game for as long as you were as a coach, like that's a super important part of your season mm. where you're kind of all starting to take those first steps together, and eventually you get up to speed. He didn't get that. And so I wonder if giving him a full off season, if he's maybe he's not, you know, Peyton Manning this time next year, but maybe he's a little bit more comfortable. Maybe he's kind of 
figured out the way the car works a little bit better. And if you can be a little more dynamic, if you're Auburn, I mean, they're going from being in those games to outright winning those games. And I mean, the Georgia game comes to mind with how they finished last year. So I'm not saying that Auburn's going to just outright take down Georgia and throttle them next season. But, but I do think with where Auburn sits right now, giving them a full offseason to kind of gel under Hugh Freeze, uh, it's, it's headed the right direction. Are people able to a- adequately assess Auburn? Because like you said, we view it through the SEC lens and who they have to play. Do people have the right gauge for where Auburn is right now nationally? Uh, well, you know, I, I think it depends on kind of what, what side of the fence you fall on. I mean, I mean if you're truly down the center and, and you're judging it, you know, based on performance, I, I think it was a, a little bit above average situation. Now you look at the way they competed against Georgia and Alabama, I think a lot of people would say they're on the right track. But at the end of the day, you've got to take that step. And, you know, it used to be you had three years, right? You had three cycles to get through to be able to show progress and maybe get that extension or, or have the AD have confidence in you to give you a couple more years. Now with the transfer portal and the arms race of college football, it's really two years. So Hugh Freeze has to show progress. And look, I always say at a place like Auburn, the standard should never be – uh, the standard getting lowered should never be accepted, but reality should always be accepted. Auburn didn't have a great roster this year. This is not a game where you go out and just trick somebody for the whole season, let alone four quarters. You have to at some point be able to line up and just be better than somebody. In some cases, it, against Vanderbilt and against you know UMass and some of these other Sanford, Auburn was just better than these teams. But they punched above their weight when they had to punch above their weight. But when you talk about not only Peyton Thorne returning, because let's be honest, JD. Peyton Thorne doesn't have to be Neo, right? Hell, he doesn't have to be Morpheus. He could be Trinity. Just drive the motorcycle good and hit who you shoot at. That's it. You don't need, you don't, Peyton Thorne does not need to be relied on to be the reason, but he can be the difference when you put good enough personnel around him. So it's hard for me. And look, there were some down points with Peyton Thorne where he looked like he struggled to throw the ball. JD, you know, you played, you watched him. Sometimes you'd watch him and be like, who is this guy? And then it seems in some of these other games, including Georgia, he's able to fit those tight throws in there. But his running element in this offense, I think, is underrated. Because when you look at Peyton Thorne, you really don't think Lamar Jackson, and then all of a sudden you turn around and he's by you. Like, he's sneaky, sneaky fast. A little bit like Dylan Gabriel. Just sneaky fast. So I think he's good enough with the right tools around him. But if there's a better quarterback that you can go get, I think you got to go get him. But there's, a, there's a, a thread there, J.D. You don't just go get a guy to get a guy. If you're going to go get a guy, you're trying to get the guy and then turn it into a competition. So I, I think he can do it. But just like in the game, every other position in, in the sport of football, in the game of football, you need help from your teammates. That's why it's the greatest sport that God ever put on this earth. No, I cannot agree more, especially what you said about Peyton Thorne. Like, to give him another season that offense and what he did running the football last year like we heard coaches every single week from a press conference level say yeah Robbie Ashford's their guy they use you know in certain run packages but the other guy Peyton yeah. Thorne like he he can move really well too he's not just like a sneaky fast guy like he's legitimately got good athleticism to urge you on those run plays yeah. it's unbelievable yeah, he's unbelievable running. man how, how that like, was I mean, always the narrative it wasn't just against you know Sanford it was against Georgia and Bama so yeah. like I mean at some point these aren't exactly the slowest guys running around in the playground. Like These are NFL players that he's able to run past it in some point. So, uh, again, you have some tools there, but you ain't, you're not Home Depot, that's for sure. Jake, last thought on Auburn. What would be a, a win total that is like, okay, yes, I am happy with success. 
to this point in the Hugh Freeze era? I know it's the Hunger Games next year with the ridiculous SEC scheduling, how difficult that'll be, but what, what number would make you happy if you're an Auburn fan? I think eight, right? Uh, I, I think eight, a solid eight and four a year. Uh, it's going to be tough. You got Bama and Georgia on the road. Like, that's that's never fun and it's never easy, but at least they're not back-to-back. And if you look who those two teams play before they play Auburn, it's not exactly a walk in the tulips. But I think the right eight and four, would be very happily accepted with continued momentum in recruiting and towards the future. You get to nine and three. Now you start talking about can you get in the playoff, right? Because if you can be nine and three, I think you could be ten and two. If you're ten and two in the SEC, you are getting into the college football playoff. At least, I mean, you can be twelve and one and get in over an undefeated ACC team. So I'm sure a ten and two team that maybe just lost to Alabama and Georgia, kind of like Ole Miss did this year, you've got to be in, right? Feels that way, man. I mean, I think LSU was 13 this year. So for setting the playoff up by nature of those rankings, I think yeah. that would probably shift a little bit if we were to do the auto bids and all that. But if we're just taking it at face value, nine and three puts you right on the doorstep of getting into yeah. that 12 team playoff. And for Auburn, for the schedule they play, I mean, their nine and three is a, a very different nine and three than if you're coming from a conference that that's not in the SEC. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, but it'll be a lot of fun to watch it. Uh, speaking of the playoff, man, Let's get some of your thoughts on this uh, this four-team race we got here in the last year that we got it. Uh, like you said earlier, we have four teams that I think all very easily have a case or have a path to be able to win the thing. Like, there's no team that I'm like, yep, they're just they're round one, they're out. There, there's no team that I'm viewing like TCU this season. And TCU made the national title last year and got boat race. But is there a team here like that would surprise you the most of these four with all four being solid options to win the national title? Yeah, look, I, I think Washington – uh, for a couple reasons, not that Washington's a bad ball club. I mean, I, I picked against them twice this year against Oregon, and, and they you know made me wrong both times. I think they're a little bit tougher. I think they, I said on the show today, I think they have a little more tough ass in them than, than some people give them credit for because they do throw the ball around a lot, right? They throw to run. That, that's what they do, but they've been running the ball really well, especially in the red zone here uh, in the past couple weeks and, and in big moments. Where I question Washington a little bit is I think their offensive line has been punching above their weight. For, for a lot of the year. And when I look at Texas's pass rush versus Washington's pass rush, I think Texas has a lot better chance to get to Penix than Washington does to get to Ewers. I mean, don't forget, this Texas offensive line went into Bama and Quinn Ewers left with the same clean jersey that he walked in on. Then you flip it on the other side uh, and, and you look at, at what Texas is, is able to do from a run-stopping standpoint against what Washington can do from a run-stopping standpoint I give Texas the edge there a little bit, too. So uh, I'm, I'm like you. I know the game is won and lost up front. You've got incredible skill players here. I will say, J.D., I, I will say, which secondary from Texas are we going to get? Hmm. Are we going to get the one that looked like they figured it out against Texas Tech? Are we going to get the one that was shredded lettuce for the couple weeks leading up to that? And you're not, I mean, facing, you know, Rome and, and McMillan and Polk with a guy like Penix that can spin the ball with a decent run game, too, behind them, that's not going to be a walk in the park either. I just think Texas is just going to be a little bit too much up front for Washington at the end of the day. But, look, I mean, I'm 0 for 2 picking against Washington. So, you know, take that as you will. Brother, I'm like 1 in maybe 3, 1 in 4. Like, every single Sunday morning after we pick against Washington, I got <laughs> the good folks from Seattle in the comment section saying, wrong, wrong again, oh, yeah. how do you have a job? I'm like, bro, I don't I don't know. My eyes tell me one they, thing, they the game the next day tells me another. After they won. They put me in a hype video after they won. 
picking against it, which I'm fine. I mean, thanks for the free PR, but sure. uh, no, I totally feel you. Me and you are both, you know, we went through the hall of tolerance on that. Brother, it's one of those things, though, too, where they're not last year's TCU, but like, hey, no. a lot of people are crying wolf. And the thing about that story and where the boy cries wolf, the wolf does eventually show up. So I'm in the same same boat as you in that, like, I love Washington. Yep. If they won the national title, it would surprise me the most out of these four, but there's definitely a path for them to do it. Uh, I think the thing that I'm curious about is, do we see Quinn Ewers that showed up last year in Stillwater, Oklahoma and threw 30 incompletions? Or do we see the dude that just went gangbusters against Alabama and Tuscaloosa that was throwing it all over the yard? So I think that pair with the secondary, like you said, is going to be a huge factor when it comes to winning that Sugar yeah. Bowl. Uh, how about the Rose Bowl, brother? Any early thoughts hey. on that one? I mean, that's going to be like college football poetry. Those two brands right off the off the sunset of the mountains. Like it's gonna, I wish we had Keith Jackson to call this one because it feels like that kind of game. Oh, I know. I just want Morgan Freeman just to narrate my whole life up until kickoff, like for that morning, because I know it's just going to be beautiful. Uh, JD, the more I look at this game, the worse I feel about it for Michigan. And you know, one of our co-hosts, David Cohn, played quarterback, uh, played quarterback at Michigan, and you know he's he agrees with me on some points. But when I look at this Alabama team and I look at this Michigan team, I see similarities between Michigan and Georgia. Right? They they are both. You know, we talked about the example I used is if. Alabama's offense was an actor, and Michigan's offense was an actor. Alabama's offense would be a, a great improvisational actor, a Ryan Stiles, a Will Ferrell, a John C. Riley. Michigan, like Georgia, they're a method actor. They're Daniel Day-Lewis. They're consumed by their identity. When the play breaks down, it typically breaks down. Now, that may mean a throwaway. It may not mean a turnover or a sack. But when the play breaks down for Alabama, that's where they're at their best. How did they beat – in a game that comes down to three to five plays, it seems that when the play breaks down and it turns into a scramble drill and Jalen Milrow extends the play outside of the pocket, that's when Jermaine Burton hits you the worst. That's when Isaiah Bond hits you the worst. They are built to improvise, and if it doesn't stay on schedule like it didn't for Georgia, that's a dangerous proposition for teams. As When I was defensive coordinator, I wasn't worried about you running stale right? I wasn't worried about you running post-wheel. We can teach that. What I was worried about is when the play broke down, and now it turns into a scramble drill, and everybody's got to get on a guy, and you've got somebody out there creating. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. Michigan's very talented on defense, but if those cats from Georgia can't get Jalen Milrow on the ground consistently in the open field, the guys from Michigan aren't doing it either. And those couple plays in a game that should be tight could be the difference. Brother, we're on the, the exact same page there. Like, I'm watching that game in Atlanta and seeing Smile Munden, I mean, fit it right, but just seeing Alabama be able to overpower that Dude. second level of, of the Georgia's defense. And Georgia had some young guys out there, totally true, but I don't feel like Michigan's defense is, like, substantially more dynamic than what Georgia brought to the table on that day. And Alabama just, I mean, they didn't play over their head. They played pretty solid. I think Melrose had, like, less than 200 yards passing, and they still just found a way to – Take what they, you know, we're being given from Georgia and be able to take a profit and get paid. Um, my thought on this one, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, when it comes to Michigan, like, Jake, I don't love the idea of Michigan being down 10 at half and having to find a way to, to you know, catch Alabama. Do you feel the same way as it, as it pertains to, like, explosive plays in this one? I feel like that favors the Tide. Uh, for sure. I, I mean, stylistically, it's just not a good matchup for Michigan. And that's not to say that Michigan – can't hit a couple explosive plays, but here's the difference. You know where Alabama kills teams that can run the ball really well? It's because the secondary tackles really well. And you don't get these chunk runs 
like you get in these other games because Terry on Arnold and Kool-Aid, they're getting your – your chunk runs are 12 yards, right? Your chunk runs are 15 yards. They're not 50. They're not 75. But there has been – and I always laugh when people would be like, well, you know, Georgia and Alabama's defense, they when they struggle against the run, it's because the quarterback can run too. Well, duh. I mean, it's, you're adding another element to the run game. That's why I think you're going to see Michigan use J.J. McCarthy more in the quarterback design run game than they have all year because it gets truly gives you a hat on a hat, and I think it'll give them a chance to get to that second level, maybe make one guy miss and hit that chunk run. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of quarterback design run from Jalen Moreau in Alabama uh, as well. So the Tide's ability to tackle in the secondary, I think, is going to be huge in this game. And Michigan is going to have to find a way to get explosive plays without getting too cute and trying to run a bunch of reverses. But I think Loveland, the kid at tight end, that's a big matchup in the seam that I want to see. Uh, and he's been their security blanket. That's J.J.'s guy when he has to have it, especially on third down. We know he's going to Colson. So it's going to be interesting schematically to not only see the game plan, but to see the true playing of the game. And that's in the adjustments during the game, the adjustments at halftime, and kind of the tempo and the aggressiveness of the play calling, not only schematically, but on third and fourth down as well. No, I 100% agree, especially what you said about J.J. McCarthy. Like, he's not just this dude that's sneaky athletic, like 4, 5, 40 kind of guy that can hurt you if you give him a little bit of space to work with. Uh, it's going to sure. be fun, man. I, I cannot wait for it. I appreciate you coming on here and breaking it down for us. Uh, sometimes, like, you see the preview to a movie, and you think it's going to be one thing, and you get on, you know, you, you sit down in the theater with the icy and the popcorn, and, like, it's not all that. Uh, that was not the case with us being able to do this segment and talk some ball, brother. So I appreciate <laughs> you making time. And uh, we'll do it again very, very soon, man. Thank you again for coming on. Well, J.D., man, keep killing it. Love what y'all are doing. Uh, we're going to get you on Crane and Company here uh, before the National Championship game, too, if, if we got some time. It's been uh, long overdue. And uh, you want to go do karate in the garage? I would love to. I would, did we become best friends? Let's do it. I think we did. For Breeze Brothers, fresh start. There it is, brother. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. <laughs> All right, J.D. Catch his show. They have a great show, Crane & Co., over there on the Crane & Co. YouTube channel. Phenomenal content. Not talking just college football, but all sports. So get your fix over there, and uh, I promise you will not be disappointed tuning in to what they got going. Appreciate y'all watching, man. Appreciate y'all staying with us as we push on through, as we get into now uh, the New Year's Six Bowl territory. As Jake and I discussed, a lot of uh, fun storylines that we're going to unpack here. We are back on the air, live in living color, tomorrow. Okay, so these have been, you know, pre-recorded and premiered, obviously, the time that we go live. We are live in living color again on this channel, 11 a.m. Eastern, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Have a live chat part of this show typically at the end of this thing. Nick Bright jumps on here and we just chop it up, so that's a good time. Make sure you're dialed in, man. No reason for us to not finish through this thing strong. We started together, we're going to finish together. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We're going to keep this party rolling and we will see y'all. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.